Welcome to a new episode of our HardwareX podcast. HardwareX, as we know, is an open access journal established to promote free and open source designing, building, and customizing of scientific infrastructure. We aim to recognize researchers for the time and effort in developing scientific infrastructure while providing end users with sufficient information to replicate the advances presented. I'm your host, Santosh Pandey from Iowa State University. Our guest today is Dr. Todd Duncombe, who is the co-editor-in-chief of Hardware X. Todd is a postdoctoral researcher at the renowned ETH Zurich, Department of Biosystems Science and Engineering in Basel, Switzerland. He has published several impactful papers and has several inventions under his belt in the fields of droplet microfluidics, analytical chemistry, mass spectrometry, MAMES, and electrokinetic transport. He has developed assays to streamline biomanufacturing pathways and combinatorial screening. He has been an active member of the Tecla Labs and has organized and represented several open source hardware events. Todd, thank you for coming to our show. We'll get started. You seem very passionate about promoting open source hardware through different channels. Could you tell us how you got involved in open source hardware? Uh, sure. And first off, thanks for the introduction and for having me. It's, it's great to be talking to you today. Yeah, so I got involved with um, open source hardware and kind of the open science concept at the beginning of my PhD. I came okay. from a background working on um, kind of devices, interested in kind of doing diagnostics in low resource settings. And when okay. I got to Berkeley, there was an organization um, called at Tech Labs uh, called Tech okay. Labs that was just founded by Lena Nelson and Bertram Kolsch. And it was focused on essentially do-it-yourself instructions for establishing hardware infrastructure, um, science infrastructure. Okay. Uh, and um, that was kind of right in the area I was, I was uh, looking into pursuing my research. And so I got involved in the organization. And as you said... Um, we hosted a bunch of symposiums. Uh, we ran um, competitions to try to encourage the development of new hardware. Um, we gave talks, things like that. Um, and it was kind of a community of different um, PhDs and postdocs working on kind of uh, on the side of our, our main job doing research. But it was a great experience and really kind of got me involved okay. in this space. So it seems the response from the community was very welcoming. It was very welcoming. Yeah, it's, okay. I think it's a great community. And uh, I think we all kind of have this shared goal. And so it's, uh, it was nice. So was that the motivation behind starting the journal Hardware X? Or how did it all get started? Yeah, so that actually, that informed um, the decision to start Hardware X in a lot of different okay. ways, um, including kind of s some uh, limitations we realized about Tekka Labs. It was clear that we were kind of having an impact within our immediate community, but we weren't having the broader impact that we wanted. Uh, in some okay. sense, we were, you know, singing to the choir of open science, you know, and and not creating new converts. Um, but the reality that uh, we realized is that producing high quality science hardware, characterizing it, documenting it thoroughly, sharing it under a permissive open source license that can be taken, modified, sold by anyone is a big burden. And the people that actually do that are like intrinsically committed to the concept. Like they're, they're the choir, let's yeah. say. But there are tons of engineers, scientists all around the world developing great hardware that just maybe aren't as passionate about open science or don't have the time or just don't get rewards for that. And so, and that's understandable, not criticizing them at all. Um, but kind of the realization for HardwareX, kind of the motivating factor was that we should tap into those people. Um, and to do that, um, to make open science, at least open hardware, uh, 
not just a niche, but like kind of the norm, we needed to think about what incentives those people had to get involved, to write documentation, to publish detailed hardware, to share it in a permissive license. And in the academic space, which is where I'm from, the currency of academia is publications and citations. Right. And so that was the kind of concept like, hey, can we tap into this pre-existing culture and structure and incentives that exist in academia? And by essentially applying high open source standards um, on any submission to Hardware X, you know, give uh, a reward for people that publish with us and also put that in a best practice of open science. And then like from there, it was, okay, we have this idea for a journal. How do we make it happen? Uh, and that was Lena Nilsson and I just contacting different publishers. And okay. uh, Elsevier re- replied very enthusiastically and they, we ran a survey with them and they decided we'll go forward. I uh, then brought on Joshua Pierce right away because he is um, you know huge in the field of open hardware with tons of experience. And then Joshua and I kind of went forward and designing the journal and, and made it what it is. So it was a really great experience. And actually, if uh, to any listener that wants to create a new journal, it's possible <laughs> if okay. you have a, a, an idea that is interesting. Yeah, it seems like a daunting task trying to convince everyone that you want to start this initiative, right? Or was it was it the motivation or the enthusiasm that drove you? I think it was, I mean, I, what, what I actually didn't realize at the time is Elsevier had some other efforts to uh, expand science communication in this kind of open science uh, op- open science space. So that's okay. probably one reason why they were receptive. But the, I, the other people we contacted just weren't very interested at all, to be honest. Oh, we're working on other things. That sounds, yes. you know, a little bit too small. We want to do open source software publishing, which which is bigger. But uh, so maybe it was it was just the right time talking to the right person. Uh, but but it worked out. Right, right. Seems everything has to start at the perfect time and everything has to merge at the perfect time for things to get started. So that brings me to the next question that today, Hardware X is a couple years ahead from its starting point. How does Hardware X fit into the broader hardware publishing landscape? Before Hardware X, uh, people would publish hardware in kind of their sub discipline journal, right? And it would often be like a commentary, a letter paper that didn't have all the best practices, didn't have full communication. So I think it was kind of like, uh, you know, have a, a thing that you put on a mass spectrometer, let's say you put that in a mass spectrometer journal, and maybe you get the appropriate audience, but it might not even, you know, be communicated in the right way. I think what Hardware X is doing really for the first time, at least in an academic space, is concentrating it in one area. Uh, now we have over 200 papers recently. And and I think it's actually, um, we're kind of the, the hottest spot there is for o- open hardware publishing right now. So we're kind of becoming a, a, like a watering hole for people in this space. Uh, so yeah, I don't really think there's anything quite like us um, outside of maybe, you know, instructables, things like that for like the hobbyist DIY, let's say lower publication standards. So in terms okay. of uh, how we fit in, I think we're, um, we're we something, are unique something new altogether. Yeah. Is HardwareX also working with Open Source Hardware Association? Yeah. Could you elaborate on the collaboration? Yeah, yeah. So the uh, the uh, uh, Oshawa Open Source Hardware Association, Oshawa for short, they are essentially the standards we set for publications in HardwareX. We use their open definition. We think it's a wonderful definition. We, with only few exceptions, sometimes someone has to use a non-commercial license, which is not allowed by Oshawa. 
but we'll allow it if like a funding source restricts them. So we use, we've been using that Oshawa definition from the beginning, but now Oshawa actually has a certification program where um, they will take submissions to Oshawa and certify it that it meets that open hardware definition. So we're now encouraging authors who submit to HardwareX to actually first submit to Oshawa, get that certification. And so Oshawa more or less will handle the standards of, is this does this meet open hardware as a repository, as a, as a um, submission? And then HardwareX can focus on doing peer review, improving quality, things like that. Okay. Is that all free? Oshawa is free uh, to submit. Okay. The turnaround, um, at least what I've heard, is is two to three weeks. Um, but this is brand new, so um, hopefully it goes well. <laughs> Could you tell us what are the different types of uh, data repository for open source technologies? And as an author, where would I submit my project files, CAD files, data results when I'm submitting to HardwareX? Yeah, so as part of the open hardware definition and our requirements, you have to have complete documentation with all okay. the data files. And, and as you said, we encourage the use of external repositories. And kind of the criteria we use is it must enable permanent acquisition of those files. Um, so okay. we don't we don't allow GitHub, for example, which can be changed at any time. We, we allow um, Open Science Framework, Zenodo, and Mendeley Data, which essentially after the publication is accepted by HardwareX, we can create a frozen repository forever. Uh, that manuscript published with HardwareX has those files. And as you said, it should include all kind of accessory uh, items that aren't in the manuscript itself. So this includes CAD files for your 3D printed components, software for operating them, any supplemental data that's necessary, and so on. Okay. Just a follow-up question. You said the data repository are frozen after it is published. So I was wondering on the software side, the data repositories are more fluid or they are more changeable. So is it possible to create like open source hardware data repository that's more fluid? Like if I'm an author, I submit some files and tomorrow I learn more about the project, I go and update my files. Is that possible or that's not practical? So it is possible, but for our so for our submission, we're going to keep that frozen repository. But for okay. you, if you have an open source, uh, open science framework or Zenodo, they allow this version control, just like okay. GitHub does. So you could okay. create a new version of this repository with your updates. So let's say you've published a syringe pump with HardwareX and you have an initial version. That initial version will always be there. But if you, for example, build your new repository on top of that, it should be easy for someone to get from that initial to, to the upgrade without having to submit a new publication. So one of the confusing things, at least for me, was that there are different types of licenses available for open source hardware. For example, general public license, creative commons, attribution, share alike license, open hardware license. Could you explain these in like simple words and what are the differences? And if I'm just an author who wants to get it published, what's the easiest route to follow? Uh, yeah, um, it's a good question. <laughs> and it's, it's a question that sometimes I have as well. Uh, because okay. The, okay. The, these licenses are, um, they all follow the similar share alike, copy left premise where licenses must allow modifications and derived work. The derived work must be allowed to use the same license, right? So you can't say you can use it once, but you can't um, yeah. do something yeah. else with it. The license must be free. Licenses must be non-discriminatory. So you can't just say you can't use it or you can't say a company can't use it, for example. And those are kind of the principles. And then uh, you mentioned some of the licenses, the, the uh, TAPR open hardware license, the CERN open hardware license. These are the hardware specific ones that, that we recommend. And the differences between them, um, 
I don't think uh, I'm the right person to answer that, to be honest. Okay, but, okay. But actually, for it would be a great topic of a future guest. Like CERN recently released a, a version two of their open hardware license. That could be a really interesting podcast guest. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> so uh, coming to the next question. Uh, so Hardware X is part of the Elsevier's research element journals. That includes Method X, Software X, and others. So are there any current plans or future plans of collaborating with these journals? Yeah. Uh, one thing that we're trying to do is allow authors to do joint submissions, where essentially, okay. let's say you have a, a large piece of hardware that has a large piece of software associated with it, actually submitting to Software X and Hardware X. The same thing, if you have a large piece of hardware that produced a very interesting um, data set, right, you can actually submit to HardwareX and then the data in brief, for example. Um, so okay. we, we are working to uh, collaborate in those regards. And uh, I'd say it's an ongoing discussion, but not just um, the, the journals in the research um, element space of Elsevier, but also the, the journals outside of it. We'd like to have collaborative submissions with those as well. So that's something right. we're quite excited about, but haven't rolled out fully. Right. No, this is all very interesting because this space has not been ventured into and Elsevier is, is kind of pushing the boundaries and, and it's exciting to see how everything evolves with these journals. Are you seeing some of the impact of all the work that you started a few years back with Hardware X? Yeah, I mean, it, the reality is I, I we had no idea if this was going to succeed. And now um, right. we're getting, you know, basically 100 submissions a year and and this is growing right. exponentially. Right. Um, you know, I, the I think some people were a little skeptical uh, uh, of HardwareX, and I think there's growing acceptance that we're that we do things the right way, and that we're publishing high quality papers. And and so I, and then as I spoke about earlier, I think we're being becoming a little bit of a, a watering hole for people interested in hardware. So yes. I think even beyond benefits to HardwareX, I think just building a stronger community in open hardware is a benefit right. to us all. So I am really excited about that. Yeah, I am. I personally am seeing uh, that uh, authors are coming from all different parts of the world. Quality of the papers are also very good. They are improving and the number of papers are increasing. So I see the upward trend and congratulations on that. Do you have some definite goals for the next two years, next three years for the journal? So I, I guess to continue to grow, um, right. the definitive plans... I, I would like to, I mean, I, I feel like we haven't scaled yet, right? So okay. right now, uh, as the editors-in-chiefs, um, myself and Joshua have been essentially running the re reviews for uh, the past couple of years, and, and now we're expanding that by adding on some associate editors. And so we need to make this uh, process fluid and uh, functional, and so that we could be at a place where we can, um, you know, maybe publish 200, 300 plus um, papers a year. We want to make sure we, we maintain high quality uh, and look for partnerships. Um, as I kind of mentioned before, um, what I really would like to see is every time there's a big paper submitted to, I don't know, Cell that has a uh, some hardware developed associated with it, there's an associated Hardware X paper that describes that in detail so that that work in Cell or whatever uh, journal yes. is, is more reproducible because the hardware is now accessible. Um, something I would really like to do, it's not in the plans yet, is, I mean, we're still using kind of a standard PDF-like submission format, um, yes. but there are so many um, pieces of information in, in, in hardware, like the components used, the skill sets used. I would like to move to a new type of publishing 
approach where these things are uh, a more um, essentially structured into a database. And so that the relationships between different papers on hardware X are more easily related. So people can learn from each other. Like we have had a few papers so far that um, are essentially uh, new versions of previous papers, but I would actually like to see a lot more community within submissions to hardware X. I think even between fields, we're now all using, you know, similar microcontrollers, uh, things like that. I think there's a lot mm. of um, possibilities for trying to essentially build a better open hardware ecosystem, which is actually also one reason why we wanted to strengthen our relationship with Oshawa, because those are a lot of more commercial or non-academic developers, and we'd like to, to essentially be in contact with them as well. We have, we have um, spoken to conferences. We've sponsored, for example, Oshawa puts together a conference every year. In the past, we've kind of been a minor sponsor before. Um, okay. So it's something that we've, we've uh, looked into. Um, but not, not nothing's in the works right now. Um, okay. I, actually, I would be really excited in um, trying to organize some hardware X builds, trying to get people to actually build this hardware and give feedback uh, to the construction process. This is actually this goes back to another some something I'd like to see in the future, but I haven't quite figured out the right format for it. Is I'd like a more responsive interaction between authors and builders. Right? We have a right. different a different type of relationship than some other journals. So we really have an opportunity to try to yes for, yeah, for a feedback loop. And, right, right. and honestly, I'm not sure what the right structure for that is. Like as of yeah. now, that's not integrated into the, um, yeah. the science direct interface. Yeah. And so I, I don't, I, I'm not sure exactly how we can do that, but that would be yeah. very exciting. Okay. Okay. Thank you for coming Todd. I'll keep in touch with you. Great. Um, yeah. Hopefully that was like somewhat interesting. Yeah. I got a lot of information. Okay. Thank you so Great. much.